0: we recording? We are, not, we are. <clears throat> but do the but intro. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's do this thing. Okay. Let's just jump in. We're just going to jump in? Yeah.
1: All, All
2: right.
1: Go, right. three, two, one. <gasps> Welcome. To a new episode of Bangong Podcast after a week off.
0: We, we took a week off. I needed a week off. You after needed a week off. A week off.
1: Uh, week off. Uh, so, after that week off, where uh, we we ran a borrowed, by which I mean just straight up jacked, okay. uh, episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast, which was still, I mean, we kept no, it in uh, the family. That was we, my interview with uh, Roberto Guerra. We borrowed it. We it, was, yeah. it was we'll give it back. Fun,
0: fun fact I've known Roberto Guerra since I was like 12 years oh, old. Oh, yeah? He's one of the most incredible human beings I've Super ever nice met. Super nice dude. His entire family, just like really amazing people. Yeah. And they... He really is a great guy. Just the whole family. And like his wife makes the best treleche on the planet. Not really? Oh, my God. That's I'm high kidding. praise. It's, we know. That's it's high praise. hard to like... I, we had one on the area menu and every time that I tried them it, like, it's just not as good as hers. And yeah. then she would come here, I think she did it to like and would critique to, your No, tras- she lechon. would bring hers and like as a gift and like
2: and you sell it gift. and make money. No. <laughs> I would eat it all. <laughs> I would eat it all. Just it,
1: I'll dump it into a Tupperware on this under the yeah. table. So you know okay, fun so fact me, about wait okay, Roberto okay, Guerra. this sorry, is uh, sorry, this is sorry, important. Sorry.
2: There's a little bit uh, a plug for my dad and I who are oh. not professionals. But we were <laughs> at a Lechong Challenge Cook Off once, yes. uh sponsored by Cigar Snob Magazine. And my dad and I won the competition. Oh. And the other, our competitor was Roberto Guerra. So we beat There's Roberto Guerra at a Lechon cooking challenge. It, wasn't,
1: it was Aging Room Cigars brought him in as like yes, the ringer. Yes, as
2: the ringer. And yeah. then, uh, I, I don't know, we didn't have any ringers. It was just me and my dad. Yeah. But we have some experience. No, no, but I
1: think you guys were competing. You were cigar snobs, ringers. That's what it was. Oh, that's what it was. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. It was cigar snob against Staging room cigar. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. You didn't even know. You didn't. I know had what no idea. I was
2: for. just. They just told me you're going to be cooking at That's all I need to know.
1: All right. So
2: I'm Carluba, by the way. You're Carluba.
1: So yes, I'm going to go ahead and do these intros normally. I am the guy talking to Mike when it's just when it's just Mike and no and no guest. I'm sort of the you know the second voice in the room. Yeah. This time I'm stepping way back the into st- stepping back into the shadows as just the sound guy, because on this episode of Bangkok Podcast we are going to have a conversation for which I am almost entirely unqualified, um, and that is a conversation about people. I don't know what face you're making, Carlos, because I am unqualified. You're I don't know person. what's going on. You're a person. I'm a, yeah. I am How a person. Are you unqualified? To okay, so people. we're going to be talking about people about. Uh, managing them, training them, recruiting them, or whatever directions Carlos wants to take this. Just the reason that yeah, sure. The reason that I wanted Carlos to take the reins on this is that Carlos is uh, very qualified for this conversation. Aside from having uh, however many years you have, and you can maybe fill me in here on the on the details because I'm f- uh, fuzzy on them. In food and beverage, and some of the other things that were involved in your work over on uh, little, enough, little under I'm a in? decade. Uh, you also have a master's degree in organizational psychology.
2: I do. Wow. I do. So that's a very masters. fun fact.
1: He has a master's. If you need if you want to like get a shrink in here for all your people, I'm gonna go ahead and throw out that I don't think that's really something. I don't think do that's with. what I actually
2: I don't think. I know that's not what that <laughs> means. Yeah, right. But no, it I sounds know. like it does. I
0: feel like that's a terrible idea, by the way.
2: That would well, be not a good idea. It's only one okay. way to find Especially it. now that, that has nothing to do with Carlos it. Carlos says my shrink <laughs> would be frightening. <laughs> so um, yeah, the, the industrial and organizational psychology Right. field is the essentially the application of psychological principles to the workplace uh, organizational psychologists deal a lot with hr related things like uh, selection and recruitment but they also do a lot of more cool stuff like organizational culture uh, training development uh, their change consultants right. uh, they do a lot of things anything that has to do with people in the workplace usually in a, in, an organizational psychologist
1: is involved or can be involved yeah. So, so, anyway, obviously, Carlos knows what he's talking about much better than I do for this conversation., uh, and so, I'm just gonna kind of like let you guys take it away, however, uh, and we can cut right here if you really want to mike and and go somewhere else with the however uh, but are you cool saying what you said earlier about the uh the podcast and and yeah, I mean I mean, I think that was pretty cool
0: yeah, we've um the podcast has given me an opportunity to really showcase. A lot of things that my company believes in, and I think that it's hard, kind of in the this just like jungle of like companies and people who do things for people to really put out who they are. So like you could have a website, but that's a little stale. You can have an Instagram, but everyone's got one. You know the fact that we can talk about what I believe our hospitality is and what it's going to be, and uh, how we're growing and why we do things has given us an interesting kind of position to, you know, I've had a good amount of people reach out and say, Hey, you know, I'm really interested in joining your team, really interested in, you know, something that you said, or I'm interested in, you know, your take on something and that could or could not eventually work out to someone joining the team, which has happened uh, a couple times. So um, in the world of like recruitment and, Uh, staffing and people and working with people it's been a very interesting kind of uh, situation because it's not something that I've ever been a part of like I know for me when I was younger I wanted to go work for a chef because I like their work you know Uh, in today's world it's so just there's so much you know so much content and so many like photoshops yeah. and things of that nature that you don't really know what someone's work is. So, I mean, really here, I've put out a hundred percent on like who I am, who right. we are. Right. And some people dig it and some people don't. And that's to- for the people it's that don't, totally fine. fine. Absolutely. I don't give a fuck. The people that do, thanks. And that's cool. But, um, yeah, so that's, that's happened. I'm
2: that's sure personally, it took a while for you to get there. I'm sure, uh, also the, the people who didn't get it, uh, kind of affected you. <clears throat> that allowed you to kind of tailor your own style and your own, your own way of doing things uh and your restaurants are kind of like your calling card you know in a lot mm. in in many many ways to your customers but also to your employees right like someone yeah. who wants to do what uh who wants to work in the hospitality industry hears this podcast goes to one of your restaurants reads anything about you and sees that you're the kind of uh chef owner restaurant tour that really wears his his places and his restaurants on his sleeve and it's hard you know hey. so if someone is attracted to that they're going to uh they're going to come to you they're going to want to work for you and which brings me to one of the things I wanted to get to which was uh how just personality fit uh is a little bit more not important but maybe prior, prioritized more than than raw skill
0: I uh, I don't um There's two things in what you just said that I think are very important, which is one, I think what's very attractive about Ariadne or Chugs or whatever working with me is that I don't ever bullshit anyone. It's very black and white. And in this industry and in so many, and I can only speak for this one because before this, I used to mow lawns. I mean, people are always like, well, if you do this, you'll get this. And if you do this, you'll do that. And it's a bunch of fucking bullshit. Just tell people the truth. Right now, your skill set isn't there. If you do gain these skills, then maybe you can get there. Right. But I'm not going to promise you shit. That's not how this shit works. Right. It's on them. Right. And I'm I'm much more prone.
2: You provide the opportunity though. You don't sure. hinder. You don't. You don't set people up for failure. Right. You give them an opportunity, but it it literally is all on them. You won't help them, but you won't hurt them either.
0: I'm I'm much more prone to hire someone based on demeanor and personality than right. talent. Right. Because you know, there's some people that inherently are very talented, which is amazing and it's good for them. But like for me, I wasn't born with inherent talent. Like I worked for everything that I had and I still study profusely and I have you know way too many books and Tabs right. open on my computer and things that I'm thinking about and stuff. Just like, you know, that never stops. But then there's some people that just can, you know, they can make us flay and boom the first time and they got it forever. And, yeah. and shit's just not like that. Yeah. It's not like realistic, <laughs> you know. So it's like,
2: it's like talent in any other space of taking sports. You know, you can have a, right. a, a, just a raw, talented athlete. And then you have another one who's talented. Right. But they absolutely worked on everything yeah. That they can do, Zach Tabata. Thomas. Zach Thomas. Is Zach that good, Thomas. That's a good example.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was five foot ten. He was one of the best middle linebackers to ever play the game. No one gives him any credit because he's only five foot ten, and he was slow. But he led the league in tackles. I don't know how many. He years. played with heart, <clears throat> but it's he played just with
2: heart and 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 he put the time in to get to the level he needed to be to do what he wanted to do.
0: Preparation, right? Willingness to make the sacrifice to prepare. Not just to show up and say, I'm going to be ready. You know, like, I also played football for 10 years and I saw so many people with so much inherent talent that didn't do shit because they were fucking lazy. Mm-hmm. You know, and you, you, <laughs> or arrogant.
2: Well, no, you, know, they, you, you walk into a space and you're, you're clearly the best guy, right? You're the, you're the most talented or one of the most talented athletically. And you just think you can it's just, you could vacation, right? You could just take a take a load off, well, when that's not the case.
0: Well, I always found it very interesting how much I enjoyed working with arrogant cooks. Really, why? Because I like with I like arrogant to, cooks. I like to show show them what that gets
2: them. Oh, Okay.
0: Yeah, because there's really there's no room for arrogance in the kitchen. It's a team, right? So whenever you're like, well Yo soy, right. yo, yo soy que más me
2: aquí. This he's, is mine. Yo soy el que uh, más me you You're an underling. He's like,
0: you know, that person, like, I am the fucking badass. And you just fucking run circles around him. They're like,
2: wow. Yeah. It's it's funny you mentioned that. It was something I wanted to bring up, was how the restaurant industry in particular is so team or group oriented. For sure. Working in a kitchen, you have to get those person. No, you don't have to, but when those personality traits kind of work together with everyone. Every everything flows better. Even if even if the skill set isn't there with somebody, the the uh, the camaraderie is there for the support that you need sure. to, to get your skill level to what it is. You yeah know? I mean there's and no- you, you feel you feel okay. I mean there's it's a domino effect. You feel okay asking for help. Yeah. You feel okay asking a question. If you're working in a restaurant or in a kitchen where you have all these arrogant assholes around you you yeah. don't want to ask a question. You you want to seem like you know it all and the truth, the truth is that nobody knows at all.
0: Well, I think that uh, you just said something that's like super important that people have such a hard time learning is when to ask for help. Asking for help is not a sign of weakness. Absolutely not. And that, on so many levels, apart from work in regular everyday life, whatever. Like, asking for help is not a sign of you being weak. Ask in my mind. When you ask for help it actually shows strength confidence because you're
2: like you have the confidence to ask, I, for, ask and for it, help. but it's also
0: like you you your ego
2: it, it disappears Right, you show that you you don't have that egotistical kind of like I don't ask any questions right Right
0: well I don't I don't I don't I don't need help You know, right, like or at I that don't point, need help. I don't need it's not even about that it's not about you Take yourself out of the equation right. it's about the guest. It's about
2: the the team or at least in that in that specific uh, moment right in the kitchen let's say that we we're talking about uh-huh. that you, you you kind of admit like hey I know this is not about me and I know it's not about you either this is about the common goal that we all have here to do which is create this food for this restaurant for these guests it's the, it's the, the acknowledgement that it's not about me it's sure. about the final product and every single one of us has a, a part to play mm-hmm. in achieving this common goal whether you're in the kitchen but in, if you take it uh, if, if you take a wider perspective for a restaurant, the waiters, the the wait staff, the bar staff, uh, the kitchen staff, uh, everyone works together to 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 accomplish a common goal. And in terms of a restaurant, it's to give a great experience, food wise, great customer experience, a great customer experience, and just
0: to create that kind of customer for life. And once you subtract yourself from saying like, I, I need to do this on my own. I can do it on my own. It's not even about that. Me, I'm, you know, like, this is my restaurant, my restaurants, and you'll catch me on the line asking that people do shit for me all the time. Can you do this for me? Can you drop that for me? Can you pick that up? Can you line sweep for me? Can you wipe that down? Can you bring me that? Can you? Because, man, like, that's that's how we create the ultimate experience. The only person in the world that is 100% on their own is a guy who runs a hot dog stand. And if you think about it, who you can tell it's just that but, person. But if you think about it, he also gives you the ability to add ketchup and mustard. He doesn't do it himself.
2: That's uh, well, you know, it depends. It depends because I've been. Yeah, it depends and on, and the not on the hot dog Not a knock on on these solo hot dog stand operators, but they out of customer service, they ask you if you want ketchup or mustard. You say yes, and they do it for you as a, as a service, not yeah. because they feel they can do it better than you. And I appreciate that. But I also get what you're saying too, right? They, they're they the cooks. They're the kitchen staff because they made the hot dog. They prep because they put the hot dog within the buns. They are the host and the wait staff because they uh, greeted you and took your order and delivered your food to you. Uh, all within five to seven minutes. Just amazing work that these uh, hot dog operators do. Uh, but anyway, yeah, they, they do... Uh, they're literally on their own, but it's obvious that they're on their own. When you go to a restaurant, it's clear that it's not just one person running the show here. Uh, it's, a team, it's a team effort, right?
0: I think it's, a, um, you know, leading a restaurant or any kind of field. There's different types of leaders in the world. There's the ones that really will do anything for their people. And then there's the ones that separate themselves from the people that work for them, to give orders. Now, I think that for every business, you know, the the idea of, le- of leadership can be taken differently. Right. I personally am to the fact like that when you lead a restaurant or people or cooks or whatever, you need to be willing personally to make the sacrifice to do what it takes to make those people feel comfortable.
2: You provide the example too right yeah you're not you're not an absent um superior right or a right. manager of people you're you're there and when you're there you uh you you show the behaviors and the kind of work attitude that you expect from other people mm-hmm. right it's it's hard i'll
0: tell you the uh hardest thing about expanding the way that we have in the last uh, eight months is... I'm
1: sorry to jump in, but for somebody who maybe hasn't heard every episode, talk a little bit, just briefly, about what that expansion looks like to give context to what you're about to say.
0: By the way, everyone, that was Nick. Nick? Yeah. That was Nick.
2: Hi, guys. This is the Nick Sound Jimenez.
0: Guy. Yeah.
1: Nick Jimenez. Um, thanks uh, for jumping
2: in, Nick.
0: You know, for the last three and a half years, we've only operated Ariat Restaurant um, and Taurus. And then within the last year, we've opened up Scapegoat, which is a bar on South 5th in Miami Beach, We've opened up Chug's, which is a Cuban-American diner. We've opened up Leña, which is a food kiosk in the Time Out Market. And we are shooting to open Nave, which is our full seafood concept at the end of September. All the while, area has continued to grow and uh, to be the best of its ability. So-
2: you just listed four, four places within the last year. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Is it just you? I have, I mean, we have a,
0: we have a partnership group. Okay. Um, I have one operating partner and then other partners. Is the
2: ethos on hiring people the same or similar across the, across all? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we,
0: um, all major like hiring staffing goes through me and my business partner and then, uh, smaller level hiring. We kind of set the standard of what, what we want to see hiring is tough staffing is tough so people who think that people are just going to come knocking down your door for a job that is not how it works mm-hmm. you need to go out there and recruit talent very and much. once
2: you do you got to you got to worry about I'm sure especially in the hospitality business turnover yeah. retention
0: well we've we've been pretty fortunate like you know um, we have a good amount of people at Ariet that have been here for over a year and some that have been here over 2
2: that is the best sign yeah, that yeah. you can show someone sure of, of of putting your money where your mouth is right because you could say all the stuff you've been saying right now about how yeah. what you're what you believe in uh employee wise or what people should do that's one thing to just say it's another thing to then also say oh by the way i've applied these principles i live i do what i say and i've had employees that have been in a three-year-old restaurant here two years you know yeah. what I'm saying?
0: well we have some that have been here for three and some that have been here since a month before we opened and we've lost a lot uh, a a good amount along the way. I mean, you know. Normal. It's normal. In
2: the, in the in the industry.
0: I think when it comes to leadership, the hardest part for me, I'm such a hands-on person. And, like, I remember one of my first bosses told me, it's like, if you don't put your hands on it, it doesn't exist. And that's something that stuck with me when training younger cooks and chefs my entire life because it's true like you could say oh well i saw it in the walk in or yeah i saw it last night but did you see it today did you put your hands on it did you touch it did you actually physically know where it was if you didn't then you failed so
2: you know has that oh, has that advice always been a positive thing
0: yeah well i i know or what is I,
2: that because i also i i can i hear that being also uh Something that allows, that doesn't allow you to let go or kind of delegate things, right? Because in yeah, order yeah. to delegate things, sure. you have to let go. You have to be able to not well, that, put that, your hands on it that leads me to trust my trust ne- other people to do this. That leads thing.
0: me to my next point, which is, you know, when you're leading several places and you have higher standard.
2: You physically cannot do everything yourself.
0: Right. But that's why staffing and recruiting is so important. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, we have an incredible management staff in our company and some of the most passionate, talented people I've ever met. And really, we we go out there and we look for these people because, you know, I'd much rather hear about how much you love to cook than you tell me, like, how cool your Instagram page is. Or for you to tell me, uh, I don't know, I just... Right, you want to know superficial super, on the surface. You stuff. don't
2: want to know that. You want to really know, know the real deep passions and, right. and interests of people. Yeah. And it's, so I want to ask you this question too, especially as a as a uh, restaurant owner, chef. Um, you you didn't just start owning a restaurant. You worked in kitchens with other people above you. Yes. How much of that experience for you, and and what experiences in particular? Uh, helped you become
1: the kind of leader uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we had a technical uh, issue. This was uh, a, a Nick Jimenez problem, and uh, we're going to uh, jump back in here. Really, we just one. wanted a sandwich break. Yeah. Uh, uh, I like the way you, you, you named that. Thank you for the cover. It's a sandwich break. Yeah, oh, mean, so, uh,
2: take, take it away. Take it away. So, Mike, chef, Um. You've had experiences in the kitchen as not the boss, yeah. You know, um, and I am also sure some of those were good, some of those were bad, and both of those experiences have shaped you into being the leader you are today. Can you tell us some of the bad experiences that you that you experienced that you said, you know what, I'm not going to do that, or I'll I'm going to do this absolutely different uh, if I'm ever or when I'm ever. Uh, the boss
0: i feel like we worded this before different before we got cut off but i think essentially what i did say before was i have had a slew of very shitty bosses in my career and i have learned more from the shitty ones than from the good ones from the good ones and the good ones thankfully they were amazing and then the shitty ones they were
2: you just remember those a little bit more, right? It's like
1: when you go to a good a-
2: restaurant, and it's a great restaurant, and you, you tell one friend. And you go to a restaurant, you have a bad experience, and you tell 40 friends. I don't know so, what it is about the bad experiences that mm-hmm. kind of stick with you or, or make you want to really use these to correct something in the future.
0: I really I always said about those shitty bosses I had, I'm going to do whatever I can in my life to be nothing like them. What was, what was shitty about them? They were shitty people. So shitty people like they treated people Yeah, like, you know, badly. Just and I'm a big believer in um, they set if,
2: people up for failure.
0: Well, if you if you're not willing to do it yourself, then you cannot expect other people to be willing that's to do a, it. That's a good I fired. Principle. I fired a dishwasher the other day. Because he wouldn't wash the dishes. Because under his breath, he said, what do you know about washing dishes? And I was like, Bobby, wrong guy.
2: Wrong guy. I was like, you know what? Get your shit the fuck out of here. Look at this. And you know, I me, look me, like me
0: and my chefs ended up Washing dishes,
2: yeah, because you got to do what you got to do sometimes. And, but it's, and the it, principle came first. This guy, you you didn't do what I'm right, sure was, others was, would do. So you know what? I'm going to let of, him finish the shift. There was a whole bunch, so of, I don't have to do it. It
0: was crazy. He was, he was crazy. That guy. All but right, so let's forget. There was more there. more. there was more, more than just it, but that. Him, was just him, the last straw. Uh, the,
2: yeah, that was the last straw. Absolute last straw. Yeah, um, clearly to the point where you're like, you know what? I'm going to wash dishes. Yeah. Well, to the
0: point I got out of bed and came over here to tell him that. That is awesome.
2: Yeah. That is. That means you meant it. <laughs> and you know what? That's good it because like a, a person totally like crazy. that in the kitchen really does affect others around yeah. him. And uh, and and as much as a dishwasher may sound or seem like some, uh, you know, the lower level of a totem pole, they're still a member of the team. No, and th- if you're I, a team, I, then I, you're a team, and there I, there's no hierarchy. Everyone works together, and the attitude in the kitchen really does affect everyone else's. I would
0: tell you in abilities, whoever, whoever one of the twenty two people that listen to this. I would tell them that the dishwasher is the most important
2: person in the kitchen. We just lost the – it's 21 people now. Yeah. Well, but I would tell – You just lost the person who thought that the dishwasher was not the most important Yeah. They, Hot takes they, on Panko Yeah.
0: <laughs> so the – you know, those those bad bosses – How so?
2: What do you mean by that? I'm I'm really curious. I think I know, but I want to hear –
0: Well, there's – it's kind of like the offensive lineman, right? Like the offensive lineman sets up – All these pretty boys for all the touchdowns and the glory for all the glory, right? right? But they're these hardworking, very intelligent
2: grunt work, yeah. That nobody noticed. There's no stats there. No, you're right. There's no. Yeah, no. It's funny because you cannot in a restaurant. You can't serve. A thing without dishes without a clean plate you could serve or, it on a dirty plate you but that'll be your your first and last day opening you business
0: you can't cook it without a clean saute pan either oh that's a good point yeah so and you know it's just like thankless work you know like
2: uh, because everyone can do it right it's a low uh, uh ability kind of task right like uh, it's not it's not like being um you know a, a michelin star chef Making mm. a foie gras dish, but where not many people know how to do that. But everyone know everyone knows how to. But wash I, I, w- dishes. I
0: would tell you that it is like a, the gateway for people that want to be in the kitchen. You know, the guy who just walked by here a minute ago, Sam, was a dishwasher two years ago, and now he's the company baker. And that's he makes awesome. all the bread? Well, you see for how people work
2: doing that kind of work, and you say, you know what? If he's doing it like this with this, and this is the guy I want on my team, well, I won't you know, let him go.
0: For that guy, for like Sam, it was more. Like I saw he was capable of more. And then we had to push him to get there. Like he needed some a little push. Uh but then you he developed him. He accepted the challenge and he, you know, crushed it. And that's like when it goes back to the shitty boss thing, like you know, a shitty boss isn't going to take the time to want to train people. To work people. with you. A shitty boss is not going to take the time to want to be like, how can I how can I develop the people I really believe in? Yeah. And like, a guy like Sam, I really believe in. You know, people yeah. like Devin, which she's super young and talented. She's one of the best pastry chefs I've ever met. And, you know, I want to help develop her to see however, you know, where can she go from here? I can't teach her how to bake anything because I don't know what the fuck. I don't know how to do that. But... You know, how to think about things, how to manage people, how to work with people, how to think of the bigger picture. Like, all of that is very big. Absolutely. So, like, a shitty boss doesn't think of any of that. A shitty boss thinks about themselves. I remember one of my shittiest bosses yelling at the top of his lungs about some food that was wrong, about something. That guy hadn't been in the kitchen for over a week. And then he uh, was, you know, this is my name. This is my life. On the line But If you're not willing To make that sacrifice And really Take the time And nurture people Then no No one's gonna give a fuck About your food Or your life And it's just how it is I mean And that's why For When I talk about recruitment And I talk about staffing I talk about Show me the passion That you have Don't just show me um, You know like uh, Some dish That you made last week That's cool Shut tell me wh- where you want to be yeah.
2: and where do you want to go yeah. because that's it's it's this is a great segue into uh so you you talked a lot about the recruitment the selection and the training but it's the development part that really stay it keeps people here and it gives at least you <clears throat> uh something to work with and develop your your own employees the people that are that are helping you uh create your dream you want to help them become better personally and professionally too that's what happened with Sam you saw that potential and forget about work and 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 his job you wanted to I'm sure help him personally and and develop him his skills just so that they're they're applicable to you but so he can gain some confidence for himself and for his life to do other things
0: I a question I often ask people is you know what do you want to learn right now and where do you want to be in five years what is your goal? I know, like, what my goals are. <clears throat> the world doesn't revolve around me. There's 90 other employees in this company, and there's
2: no right or wrong answer to that question.
0: Right? What do you want to do? You want to open up a cooking class place? You want to learn how to uh, be the best baker in Miami? You want to open up a, you know, smoked meat shop? I, I don't know. There's just so much stuff that you could do. What do you want to do? How can I help you get there?
2: Right. What can I do for you? Yeah, this is a two way street. This isn't just you having a job. This is this is I wanna but you also, have me now. You can use me or you have me to teach you or at least as a resource to help you get to where you wanna get there's to. There's
0: also gotta be as a boss or a leader, you need to also draw a line in the sand. Absolutely. And tell people when when you need them to just do their job. You know, like right now. Um, I understand that you want to do something, but we're not capable of providing that for you. And you need to be able to tell them why. Yeah. Like you need to, and if you feel uncomfortable doing that, and this is the wrong, you are in the wrong you position. You shouldn't be a leader. Well, it's you a
2: transparency. Be. It's not easy going for you. And the other. you know, on the other end, you don't want to be telling people, Hey, you know what? Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't do what you want to do right now. You just got to do what I say. Uh, but it, the, that shows the, the authenticity, the genuineness that you're operating from which allows other people to be the same with you. Right. My, my, my boss, my, you know, the, the guy leading the company I work for is, is transparent and genuine. Um, that, uh, as I, as, as I'd like him to be, I should be the same to him.
0: Yeah. I, um, I appreciate like openness and conversation with people. I really do. I appreciate learning about what people want to do with their life. Um, and I appreciate, like, I very much want to help people get there. And if they do it within the company, great. If I can help them outside the company, great too. I don't, for me, life is about growth. And
2: if we it's stop... It's about people too, man. Yeah, I mean, you know... Clearly, help- like, from what you've been telling me, it's about the person, right? You yeah. just said, even if it's not within the company, just to help them get to where they want to on a personal level. Right. So it's, 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 it's about the people too. And as a, as a chef... Uh, restaurant owner. It's about the people too, right? The mm. people that are coming to your business, but it's also the people that are working for you, helping you create that, that dream for you. Yeah. It's about them too. It's about people ultimately, which is, a uh, am glad that we kind of got to this point, right? This is what I'm saying. It's always, I'm a little bit preferential to the whole person, people aspect of things, uh, relationships. And there's so many different relationships in, a, in the hospitality mm. industry and, and in a restaurant and today we were, you know, talking more about the back of house kind of stuff instead of the customer facing. But um, I forgot where I was going with that. But, yeah, it was a, it's, a, it's a people-based thing, and it's clear that you, that's where you operate from. You operate from a, a more a humanistic, a person-centric uh, place. You lead from there. You lead from behind. Would you say you lead from behind or you lead from the front? Are you, are you asking me? I'm asking that? you, yeah.
0: I, I mean, I, I'm not sure. How about if we all just lead together? Okay. That's
2: a good concept. Why, I mean, so you need, but there, there needs to be a leader at some point. Yeah. But I mean, if, if we can, do you all- support your people? You, you lead from behind me. Do you, su- do you support and trust your people enough to move forward? Or do you feel you need to be in front and just say, trust me, I'll lead you to where we got to go to. Or you well, bring people in that you say, you know what? I've, I, I trust my own decisions and I trust my people enough to establish a direction and I allow them to take us to where we need to go. Sure.
0: I mean I, I wouldn't I would say that I definitely uh, have put in a lot of time to trust people to move forward. Right. And that's why like when Veronica just walked by, I say, you know, we need to handle that. You need to go handle that. That means I trust that whatever trust decision we'll do that she makes, I'm gonna support. But also on the flip side, you know, I feel like the like this position, the chef, restaurant tour owner thing, which I'm not sure what the title of that would be. You know, there's different facets of it. There's like the chef hat, there's the operator hat, and then there's the owner hat. Like the decisions that I make as an owner, I need to make. I need to make those decisions because, like, right? There's, there's no other owner. There's well, no. There's there is another owner. Well, but. What I'm saying is is that um, there's decisions that as a whole, it would be too difficult to come to that conclusion. Too many voices and too many people thinking about like the way that their job fits into that decision. So it's like we make a decision on, X. I don't know, fucking like these fucking mirrors that are behind us. They're right? good mirrors. They're, They're nice, nice mirrors, there right? Nice mirrors. But I'm not going to sit in... A meeting with my chefs, and be like, do you guys want to put up mirrors? No, I'm just sit in a meeting with myself and my partner, and be like, we want to put up these mirrors.
1: Yeah. Uh, j- just so the listener knows, because this is uh, an audio medium, there yeah. are a lot of mirrors. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> we added mirrors to the <laughs> private dining room to
0: make the space look more big.
1: More big.
2: More big. More big. It, it looks huge. It looks huge, yeah. You know, I look huge in one of these mirrors, oh. uh, but then I look really thin in another one. So this may be just a fun house. It's not at all. The area so, fun house with re- all these mirrors.
0: Really, the the point I'm saying is that there's got to be a place to work together, and there also has to be a place that you got to lead the ship completely. Yeah, I get it. You I know, know what it, you're trying it, to say. You have to make, a, and it's an interesting spot to be in because you want to make sure that everyone is on the same page. And that's what makes it difficult, is everyone being on the same page. And sometimes you have to make decisions that not everyone's gonna like.
2: Absolutely. I wanted to uh, ask you another thing about the, that's specific to this industry, Uh where you need people to kind of buy into your vision, especially when you have, uh, you can't physically be at every place at every time, um, and you have multiple businesses operating simultaneously mm. you need key people at each place that a you trust and b have uh you feel have bought into the vision you have of of whatever place they're managing right um how do you how do you how do you a go about finding a person that you'd want to uh, uh give them the, this responsibility mm. and b how do you kind of show them that vision? Do you, are you, uh, you, you, you touched upon this before where you're, you're a hands-on guy, right? You show up to the kitchen, you show them what you expect from them, but you can't do that with everyone. Mm -hmm. Is there a particular way that you show your vision to your employees in order for them to kind of take that, carry it and kind of, uh, do their job without you being physically present?
0: Well, I think, um, you you never find those people; they just happen, like those uh, great white buffalos that are like they believe in the concept. They believe in you. They're hard workers. They're they just happen. They just happen. They they just happen. You can't like an Enzo Kalipa at Chugs. There's no that just, there's that, no that, similarity
2: that, between your great white buffalos that you can maybe. Yeah, they come through a certain Yeah,
0: no no no, they don't they come from all walks of life. Enzo used to be a prep cook for me like eight years ago. And now he runs Chugs and Lanya.
2: That's awesome. And he runs them. Yeah. Completely. Uh and you need I, people like that. So yeah. speaking of employees, I mean without a, a person like Enzo, yeah, Enzo, you wouldn't be able to do but what Enzo you're doing. Enzo is not just an employee. Right. Enzo is a partner. <laughs> right.
0: And right. like right. I've said it a million times, I don't want employees. I want partners.
2: I at, want At every level. At every level. Even the dishwasher. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, I, you need to buy into the concept and understand your position and your point. Like well, we it's, said, it's, it's the dishwasher is
0: the most important person in the kitchen. It's also like, you know, I want someone that wants more. I want someone that wants to be better. You know, and like is willing if, to work for it. Cuz I if if you show me that you want to be better, I will take the time and I will make you better. That is like, you know, I is will... Is that something
2: you learned from your experience working or is that something that came before that? Is that a family thing?
0: I mean, that's just I think
2: that's just a human being thing. Not, well, not a- everyone is like that.
0: I know. Not, not every human being is it's inherently true. good either. Correct. You know, there's a lot of fucked up people. So that, like, wanting to take that upon yourself to uh, help other people and have other people help you, uh, that's, you know, that's just in the person. There was, um, I feel like the best dishwashers I've ever had have taught me as much as I've taught them. So that's huge. You know, you go back to a guy like Enzo. Enzo was a cook. He said he wanted to manage front of the house. He would learn whatever he had to, and he did it. And now he manages, you know, like there very few people I trust as much as that kid. You know, and then you have people like Alex Chilardi and his brother here at Ariette and at Nave. Like, they just care. You cannot train that. You just need to have that.
2: It's funny. I I had this uh, with a previous employer of mine uh, that also ran a hospitality um, business uh, bar. And a lot of the, there was a lot of issues as, as there is in any business or any, there are a lot of problems as, as there were a lot of good things, but there are a lot of problems. And when you really sit down and try to think about how do we solve the problems that we have just so we have less problems. Ultimately, when you reduce the reasons why things happen to – if if you're forced to reduce them to just a particular uh, uh, thing, they they would always come down to you giving a shit. You have to – I call it the gas model, the GAS model. Give a shit. If you just give a shit, you're going to do a good job because a lot of the problems happen because people just didn't care. Yeah. They didn't care about double checking. They didn't care about the next shift. They didn't care about how this would um, affect the the people coming in after them, how this would affect the business in general. If you just stopped to give a shit for a second and then followed up on whatever came from that stopping and thinking and giving a shit, uh, there would be a lot less problems in, 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 in businesses. You got to care. Yeah. Caring is a huge part of it. It's, it's sad. Not sad, but it's unfortunate you have to kind of say that as a as a as a as a line item that you would want in your employees. You got to care and and caring makes up for a lot of the other deficiencies you may have, you know. If I would, you care and if you give a shit,
0: I would you're going to do a good job. I would also challenge uh you or anyone cuz I understand that statement and that sentiment. But as let's say higher level employers, you need to find people to that do care. And if you just say that you're okay with some staff that don't care and that don't give a shit, then it's partly your fault too.
2: True. That's just, you need to care as much as you're asking the people that work for you to care. And I, care. I spend,
0: I'm always on the look for good employees, you know, like people want to grow, they want to get better. And, and I'm you're here. looking yeah. and
2: there's opportunity for growth.
0: I'm I'm all, I'm always here to hear them out and see where they want to go and what their plans are and whatever, you know. And then the ones that don't yeah, I was gonna exactly, ask you what
2: about the people that are just content? They're not bad employees. They're oh, just they're content wherever cool. they are
0: as long as long as they they s- stick with the standard and the quality, you know. And they're not when people aren't looking, they aren't like That I'm okay with that. So I'm I would say that it, it's up to us to get people that either give a shit or to find them the ones that do give a shit,
2: you know, what's the, in your opinion, now that we're going to be winding down here, what's the, what's one of the more important attitude, um, elements, uh, a person should have working for you specifically, uh, if it's really about the person and, and their, their kind of their demeanor, their personality, their outlook on the world and life, What's the one kind of attitude feature you really value over another thing? I think something that I've uh,
0: taken upon myself to challenge myself to and to challenge other people to is you have two ears and you have one mouth. You need to listen more before you open your mouth. And I think that's big for
2: anyone. Is that is that personal too? Is that something that... For me that as well. It's uh, you've had to personally kind of.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, because I'm loud and I'm intense and I'm in people's faces, so it's. Are you are you like that naturally,
2: or are you like naturally. that because you learned that from? No, I'm, I'm naturally. Previous like bosses. No, I'm. I'm
0: naturally like that. I've been like that since I was like 15 years old, so it's just part of who I am, very overtly. The top so when intense. you were
2: 14, you weren't. No, actually
0: I did I really did come out of my shell when I was around 13 or 14 years old. And I was like very as soon as I started playing organized sports, it was a completely different ball game for me personally. Really? Oh yeah. I went from being kind of like a pseudo shy uh not very good at like any one thing except for Legos maybe. I don't know. Um and then I just started playing organized sports when I was younger, and it just kind of came
2: that's, naturally. That's awesome to hear. And yep. Folks, you've, you've heard the, uh, the seed for a future podcast where we expound upon Mike's uh, blossoming into the person he is today
1: because of organized sports. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and throw out there i'm i'm comfortable doing this i don't know when this is happening <laughs> but uh but we will get ed reed oh in this restaurant for oh this no guess it's gonna of happen so that that will uh i'd love to hear that conversation
0: uh are we winding down we're, yeah. we're winding yeah, yeah, yeah. down i want to do a couple of shout outs go for it uh no mike wanna no, congratulate Danny Can... surfer on the opening of vinaigrette uh i don't know if you guys have been but it's no, excellent. Sounds great. where's it uh, it's in the DuPont building in downtown.
2: Oh, it's a um, historic building.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's connected to the lobby, I believe. And it is delicious. Um, the, the group that opened up Boya Day on, um, man, I forget exactly where it is. I think it's like Northeast 2nd and 40-something. Okay. 27-seat uh, Italian place. Food is
2: delicious. Alapata area.
0: Yeah, around there in a strip mall, which is great. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. I had a great meal. I want to give them a shout out. It was awesome. Um, shout out to uh, the guys from Fuchs. We did a mashup dinner here. It was a great time in honor of the opening of Miami Spice, which starts August 1st for all those uh, Miami Spicers. For those of you listening in Kansas, it's like restaurant month.
2: Um, you know, it's cool. People enjoy it. Uh, um, for those in Kansas, Miami is open 24-7, 365. Yeah. Feel free to come down whenever and, you do and like. And review us. We, we, review the podcast.
1: N- not only uh, because my sister is in Kansas. Oh, exactly. we, we do have a review from Kansas. There it is. And, uh, Thanks, and sister. And Kansas is probably, Salina, Kansas specifically, is where by percentage we have the biggest market share among podcast listeners. Wow, wow that's amazing. That's I incredible. love how
2: percentage by percentage everything sounds way more yeah. successful. There's probably like three people listening to podcasts <laughs> and we have
1: 33% of podcast listeners in Salina, Kansas.
0: That's cool. Thanks, Kansas. I appreciate you. Um uh, I think those are all the shoutouts. I think that's all I have.
1: So l- let's do By the a- way,
2: thank you, Mike. Uh, for answering my questions. And oh, being, that, that was very big of you. Being on my on the other side of the microphone Cool for me yeah. this this
1: first time. Yeah, I um, hope I
0: didn't fuck it up too bad. My,
1: oh. I, I hope the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm going to just go ahead, go out on a limb. Nobody fucked anything up too bad except for me with yep. that full That's card true. thing. I am ah, the one person who fucked up here. Nah, come on, we can um, always develop you, Nick, and make oh, you better. Look at that. That's why I'm around the right people here. So you have been listening to Bang Gong Podcast. I am Nick Jimenez with Carlos. Y se Carlyba. acabo pan. Se es solamente podcast. Can we, can we get a Dragon Bancom Podcast? Dragon no Podcast! All right, so there's that. And we are here with Mike Beltran. Uh, you can follow us at Bangong Podcast on all the social media things. Um, subscribe on all the podcasting things. And um, yeah, that's it. We're pretty much done. So thanks. Take care. Oh. Oh, well, we got stuff. Go go go. No, no, no. We no, have okay. no, there's more time.
0: Well, if anyone's in Cleveland, oh yeah,
1: listening to this, hey, it's this going out tomorrow, so.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, so we're doing a I'm doing a dinner with Brett Sawyer in Cleveland Whoa, August 11th. Um it's a collaboration dinner we've been wa- working on for a long time. Me and Brett uh have became very close friends very quickly uh, 5 years ago when I worked for Michael, he slept on my couch for a whole week. When he was visiting to help with some events. And we're going to be doing a dinner at his restaurant, uh, The Plum. Also, September 9th, we're going to be doing a dinner with Itame and B-Side, which I'm sure we'll be able to talk about more. Cool. Probably be able to get them on the podcast, talk about it before that happens. Uh, and there's other stuff happening. But let's just, hey, if you're in Cleveland, yeah, Listen. Go to the dinner.
1: I hear Cleveland's a very fun town. It actually is a very yeah. fun
0: town.
2: Yeah, I, I know. I heard from you. Oh. Le- LeBron used to play sports there. Right,
0: organized. I'm, I'm actually like taking the, organized, organized sports. That's where,
1: he, that's where LeBron James came out of his
0: I'm shell. T- yeah, I'm taking my to the land. All right. All right. All right.